What is up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to the First Touch Podcast. I am Tyler Brook, joined alongside Nate Canan for a special super bonus episode. What's up, everybody? It is that time that we take a pause. Thanksgiving's coming up here, and uh, it's time for us to give thanks to the Premier League aka give thanks to our fantasy premier leagues i'm excited to kind of dive in here a bit further we have two special guests joining us um, as we started off the beginning of the year we had drew and freddie join us members of the ftfc they're coming back they're coming back and they're going to talk a little bit uh strategy with us how's everything going on your end tyler are you excited to talk a little bit of fantasy premier league right now uh, yes and no. It is way too close between us, and we can get into that in our conversation with them. So, fuck you, Nate. I am going to kick your ass. I am determined to do that. The good news is, is we still have like 30 weeks, so you know, there's plenty of time for me to just you know, storm ahead. You know, This, this is like a, a classroom session for me, and maybe for some of the listeners out there as well that are following along and maybe trying out fantasy um, their first times. I'm coming in with a unique problem this week. I actually have seven players that have a little exclamation mark above their heads. So that <laughs> they're injured, and I got to figure out how to fix all that problems without ruining my transfer budget. Yeah, well, why don't we bring on Drew and Freddie right now and get this conversation rolling? FPL check-in. And now we are bringing on two members of the FTFC, Freddie Sun and Drew Howard here with us to discuss a little bit more about how their fantasy Premier League season is going thus far. Welcome, guys. Hey, what's up, guys? How's everybody doing? Thanks for having us. Good to be back. Return, first return guest? No, be- not the first no. return. Unfortunately, got Bundesliga Borelli, and I'll emphasize unfortunately on that one. <laughs> is he, how's he doing in fantasy? Is he even doing it? You know, I wrote down everyone's uh, places so far, and I forgot to take down Borelli's. I did a disservice. Let me do a quick, Let's little, check. <laughs> a little quick check there. Well, obviously, shout out to Ben Poor, number one in the league, which is just wild since that is someone that – Freddie, you were his best man, correct? I was uh, a co-best man. Co-best for, man. For ben. And knowing Ben, you know, he, he's really quick off the blocks, but he slows down. Yeah, ben, ben to me, and I hope he's listening right now. So, Ben, this is directly at you. Ben, Ben is like uh, Ben's like Villa this season, right? Really, <laughs> re- really great, right? We lo- love being at the top. We beat Liverpool seven to two, having a great time, right? End the season around thirteenth, fourteenth. <laughs> at least we're not. At least we're not uh, relegated, right? Nate, you find a uh, Borelli. Yes, to give us all a little pulse check of what how everyone is doing so far. Out of um, the ones that we've mentioned so far, Drew is doing the best. He's in eighth place, currently 500 points. We have Tyler coming in at 33rd place, 466 points. Freddie then is at 37th, 458. I'm in 46 with 445 points, and Bundesliga Borelli is sitting at 68th with 414 points. Oh man! I had to go to the second page to find him. Bye bye Borelli. <laughs> bye bye Borelli. It's it's interesting that the Bundesliga guy comes to the Premier League and and kind of falters in year one. <laughs> There's more than two good teams, man. There's more than two good teams. Oh wow! Wow, that is savage. Well, why don't we go ahead and start? I want to just hear how you guys overall feel about how your seasons are going. Uh, Nate and I can wrap it up. Let's just go ahead and start with Drew since he's in first place. <laughs> how are you feeling? 
tell us any weird stories that have happened because I know you've got one really good one. Overall, I, I feel a lot better about how I've done versus maybe where I feel I'm going, like at this moment in time. Uh, I mean, obviously the rank is pretty good. Uh, I, I think it, it probably was a little bit higher relative to the group as of a couple of weeks ago. Now, some of that is because I, I accidentally did a free hit when I was trying to do a free transfer. And so the free hit for, for everyone that hasn't used it yet, and, and you probably shouldn't have used it yet, but you basically get a team for one week and then everything reverts back to your original team. So these should probably be used during like double game weeks, blank game weeks, because everything's messed up and you want to put together a nice roster to just live for one week. I accidentally did it. Granted, I had a really good week because of it, um, which, which probably got me to where I am today. Um, but <laughs> meant to do two free transfers, hit the wrong thing. I'm, you know, just like any good warning system, I ignored it and, and wound up in a good spot. But, but overall, it's been good. I, I've been pretty happy with it. I mean, a couple trip-ups along the way, obviously. You know, going forward, though, I'm a little worried with all these injuries and COVID coming out of the international break. And I, I think I have a lot of fires I need to put out. Didn't you email customer support for the FPL? I did. Yeah, I, I did email customer support. Uh, I think that was, that was either a, a high point for, for this group, uh, probably a low point in general in terms of life priorities. I, I don't want to think about what else I put off. You know, I, I still have to pay a few bills, but I did, get a chance to reach out to customer service. They did get back to me. <laughs> Summarize, they, they said, read the rules. Um, I, one of the things I was expecting was that if you use a wild card or a free, a free hit, you should get a second free transfer because I haven't used a transfer in the previous two weeks. So I just assumed that, made my two transfers. That's not accurate for anyone who hasn't done it yet. So you do not get two free transfers. You, you lose that, free trans, that second free transfer. Um, and, and negative four points was given to me for making that second move that I shouldn't have. So uh, let, let me be the role model of what's not to do there. Um, but yeah, they were ultimately pretty friendly and nicely said, hey, you're wrong, dude. <laughs> it took about a week. I mean, it's, you know, it's not a, it's not a, um, you know, a credit card company or something where they get back to you right away. Or, you know, I didn't get the call back you know, if, I, if I'm waiting for five minutes, uh, it took about a week as you probably can imagine. I'm shocked they actually got back to me, but uh, nice to get some uh, resolve on the whole matter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't, why don't instead, I'm going to switch this up. Why don't we just go by standings? So I'll go next. So, you know, suck it pretty and Nate. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling okay. Honestly, I've already used my wild card. I know Drew has as well. I'm pretty sure Freddie has as well. Um, things are going well. The thing that just continues to kick me in the ass is picking a captain. I just have bad captain luck. My theory has always been like, you know, the guys that are due for goals, like, oh, he hasn't scored in a couple of weeks. I'm going to captain him. No, so far that hasn't panned out. The only captain I've had, I feel like that was a good choice was Salah in week one, but he had a hat trick and like, couldn't be better start for that one. That has been my big issue, but overall the team's solid. I think we'll get into it a little bit later as far as just the chaos of injuries and COVID heading out of international break. But yeah, I can't complain you know, still sitting in the middle of the pack, ready to, you know, leapfrog Drew at some point. I'm a bit in the same boat. I'm, I'm, I had a bit of a slow start, you know, I would say. Uh, it really 
what really happened there, I think, was what Brookie mentioned is, you know, you got a captain Osala for week one, right? Didn't captain Osala, captain the Boomiang. And so I, I, I've been behind the eight ball for, for pretty much the entire season when it comes to our, you know, the three of us. But I'm only eight points behind Brookie, so we'll be tied or I mean, full disclosure, Freddie's probably got the best team right now moving forward. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 I might look to do is, is similar to what he's already done. It, it's, it's hard, right? Because, like, it, first off, it's super unpredictable this whole season, mainly just due to injuries, right? Every other major league has five subs, right? In Premier League, is sitting with three subs, so they get more injuries, right? And the top teams are, are playing a bunch of games in, in, in a bunch of – I think City has, like, four games in 11 days or something like that. Um, and, and they've been, like, a huge disappointment this season. So some of, like, the, the main guys that, that were really kind of carrying your teams last season, they're, they're not around anymore, right? So um, I've had to find, you know, new, new ways, new changes to kind of catch up, right, to, to, to you guys. Um, and something that, that, that I've been doing that, that has helped, and I think I've, I've benefited a little bit of, like, banking those transfers. Um, they're ris- it's risky. It's helped me out. I just got, I've gotten lucky when I think I brought in like uh, Calvert Lewin when he had a hat trick that, that, that time. So that, that was just like, that was pure luck. But uh, no, the guy, the guy, my day one guy who, who I've really liked has been Bamford and he, he's been helping kind of catch up. Yeah. For myself personally, I am actually like super happy how I'm doing so far. And I know I shouldn't really be feeling that way, but considering that I've, this is like my first real go around at this, I'm enjoying the fact that I'm still being competitive with at least like, you know, three out of the four people here. I'm probably not going to catch back up to Drew, but, you know, I'm averaging around um, 50 points per match week. And with that being said, like, I'm only 13 points behind Freddie right now. So literally it's one match week difference between, you know, me passing Freddie or even Tyler. If there's just some minor mix-ups or just upsets. Um, I do know in terms of just like the pacing of the season for myself overall, I forgot to even touch my lineup twice this uh, for two match weeks. So that was a pretty big deal. It's like, I didn't do anything strategic. I didn't make any changes or transfers. I just simply forgot to set my, my line. And by the time, you know, the first game goes off, I'm like, shit, I didn't touch this. So, you know, th- again, this is my first time doing this. So now I've, I've learned to like be more diligent, be more diligent with setting the lines, picking the captains. I have a reminder in my phone every week on Thursday to set my, my line. So I make sure to actually participate in every week, considering how close it's still going. So I think that's why I feel optimistic is that even though I kind of neglected two weeks, I'm still kind of in the contingents to, you know, potentially pass some of you guys. Um, but with that being said, I'm sitting at a huge mess going forward, and I have like seven players that are currently injured in my lineup. <laughs> Before we get into like, we wanted to obviously talk about like our rocks, our disappointments, but I think this is a good time as any to bring up like, what the fuck do we do after this international <laughs> break? Like, I have Robertson, he's out. I've got Salah, he's got COVID. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at my team as well. I mean, it's, it's preposterous how many people have gotten hurt. I don't know about those two, by the way. There's been, there, I bet you those two play on Saturday. Well, I'm they're saying better. with, they're saying at least with Salah, with like rules as far as the government rules of England, that he would not be able to play on Sunday, but he might be I, able to play for Champions League. Oh, interesting, interesting. I heard that they were testing him on Thursday, and if he tests negative, he'll be in there. He'll be the in, problem in, is in England. I'm, yeah, the problem is him traveling. Essentially, it's uh, it's weird like government regulations. So 
And then Robertson, I haven't heard too much about. It doesn't seem like it's major, but uh, I don't feel good about that either. Yeah, I think he hurt his hamstring. One one piece of advice. So I think we're going to talk some strategy, but like one big thing that I would recommend, especially during a two-week international break with travel and matches still to be played, I wouldn't make any of your transfers until the last minute, if you can, right? So usually, what is it, Fridays before the match week, all the press conferences come out. That's like the last bit of official news you typically hear, unless Pulisic gets injured in warm-ups. Before no. the first match. Uh, but you'll have, you'll have your best grasp on who's injured, who's going to play closer to the actual deadline. And so especially coming out of international break, people getting COVID and injuries that they pick up or injuries that you already know about, but you find out later it's just precautionary. Before you make any snap judgments dumping someone who turns out to be healthy or picking up somebody who, who turns out not to, be, uh, not to be healthy, really you should wait for those press conferences that, you know, in America that usually is done by Friday at noon at the latest, probably earlier so you should have a really good grasp on things then and and really there's not much upside of, of jumping on one, anyone right now I know like aside from the temptation of oh I want him in I want him in nobody's price value is really going to go up much uh and and worst case you're getting someone that you've got to make another transfer on before the end of the week which you, you really don't want to do my problem with Sala is because I got him at a cheaper price I've looked at this because I was thinking maybe I'll switch him out for a bombing for a week. If I switch him out, I cannot afford to bring him back in the following week. So that's an issue I've got. I've now I'm thinking about maybe even free hitting just because of how banged up everyone is. Well, and, and of the, of the two people you referenced, here's the other thing to keep in mind. Like if you have Mo Salah or if you have Andy Robertson, those are right now the, the two most expensive guys at their positions that are playing. Right. So there, there's something to be said. I could keep them on the bench and maybe they come back in a week, but that's a lot of money tied up with someone who's not playing that can get literally any other player at that same position to play. So it's just something to consider. I mean, the only thing I see, I mean, I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that, that that's a, it's, it's a really expensive bench you have there, but also who, you know, who are you bringing in this week? Like who, besides like Ben Chilwell? Right, who 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 are you bringing in for for Robertson? Like that that's what the only guy I see. You you're bringing in Ben Chilwell, right? For for Robertson, that's probably your best your best um, change there. But like Mo Salah, for example, right? He he said you you bench him. He's he's probably starting next week. Yeah, or the week right yeah. after. Right? Is that was it worth it? And to Brookie's point, right? You're you're taking a hit on the money. I think, Tyler, you brought up a, an interesting, like, maybe this is the time to free hit. I've been playing around with that idea myself, especially considering that I have so many injured players. But we have several weeks to go, and I kind of only expect COVID to continue to create problems with, like, when's the time? Like, we can say that, like, here is a good time for now to kind of just reset, maybe bring some more people in and just hope that in the future that – we have more people that are healthy. We don't have as many issues in terms of illness, but I just feel so unpredictable right now. So that's what I'm toying around with in my mind is do I just transfer out as much as I can, maybe take a minus four points for doing two transfers, make due for a week and then save that free hit for later. 
because of just the unknown that's going on so far this season. I think no, I think that's a that that's a, a huge dilemma, right? I think we're all dealing with it. I'm dealing with the same thing almost. Like as like used your wild card. I think using your free hit is probably the best after like the international break. I don't know what you think, Drew, but I think international break is is is, is a good time to use it, considering especially what you were mentioning with with you know the travel and, and with COVID. For me, I think Drew used it, obviously Drew used it by mistake. For me, I think it's a little bit too early, right? We still got 30 more games left in the season, and you're two chips down. It makes the the run-in, right, right around your January, February is pretty difficult if you have to make some ground, I, I, I would think. But you have the right idea where, like, right after an inter- international break, I think it's probably the best time to use that free hit. I think the other thing is, if you want to do the free hit, I, I would look at what's the team you're going to assemble, Right. Uh, it's, I mean, it's for the, just this weekend, and and you got to think Spurs are playing City, right? So both of their teams are kind of washed out in terms of value. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool's not going to have uh, Mo. It's not going to have Trent. It's not going to have a lot of these guys. So Liverpool's maybe not as attractive. So then you got to think of like the teams that are remain. Am I going to put together this awesome squad for a week um, where I can have it? Versus you know that City down the line and you know that United down the line and even Villa? No, Villa. But yeah, Villa. Villa will play twice. Villa, they're all going to have a double game week. Mm-hmm. And so in one week, you can completely load up on the best players from those two teams to take advantage of that. And it's probably more advantageous. The other thing that I would say, every, every team, every FPL team is dealing with these injury issues. So maybe there's the argument to just let it ride if I have someone on the bench, you know what? Everyone's got them on the bench. I'm not the only one that has issues. Everyone has issues. And if everyone's taking minus four points, minus eight points to get their team right, or using the wild card free hit just for a one-week solution, you may come out of that uh, way better than everyone else that's overreacting. You know, I'm looking at the schedule. If you're free hitting this week, like, you are probably got, what, all Chelsea, all United players? Yeah. That's probably, that's probably it. I right? like that. Like, you don't want <laughs> – that that's not I, I don't know I don't want to I don't want to have my chips on that. Although yeah. Chelsea is 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 like looking really good. They're starting to get together. Yeah, I guess that's the other thing you got to think about with international break is like especially for a team like Chelsea, even though they were starting to figure it out, like that's a lot of time to be away and then try and figure it out again right away. So I think there is some risk there. I think Freddie would probably be more equipped to you know understand that as a former player. Like, is there if you're away yeah. for that long, is that hard to? Let's put it this way: If you're you're Klopp versus Frank Lampard, who who would you rather be right now, coming back from international break? I, th- I think you'd rather be Lampard, right? Being yeah. like, all right, the, the worst thing that's happened here is that these guys haven't seen each other in a while. Where Klopp's trying to find players at this point to get on the field, right? Like that. So so you're you're right. There there's a there's the it's a lot of times like uh some of the better teams you'll see even City watch Liverpool after an international break when these guys go all over the world they come back you'll see a a lack in rhythm. Um, but that's a better issue to have than, than I think mm. what, what a lot of the top teams are, are dealing with right now. Well, I think that would be time to kind of just talk about what's been working well so far. Let's just kind of go around about your best, most consistent players that you have and just kind of talk a bit further on that. So let's uh, start with Drew since he, again, we'll go through that same pecking order from top to bottom. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys I can pick that are really performing this year. I mean, just for me, I have Mo Salah. I've had him all year, so I might as well talk about him. Uh, I mean, he's returned in every match except for, I think, two. He has either a goal or an assist in all of them except for 
two of them, one of them was Sheffield where he had a goal called back and another one off the bar. And so he's just been, I mean, you pay for him. He's the most expensive guy, but he's, uh, I believe he's second in points or third in points uh, in FBL and, and the consistency every week is done really, really well. I also capped him in week one where he had the hat trick, you know, so that that's a huge reason. If I captained him and you didn't, that's a 40 point swing if you don't have him on your team. Right. And, and, you know, Nate, you were talking about, I may not catch up with Drew. If you can have one guy that you, that you captain or you nail that I don't, that's a, that can make up a ton of points right away if they go off. So, um, but, but yeah, Mo's been tremendous for me. Yeah. I've had Mo as well. Um, so no surprise there. I would have talked to about him had Drew not, but the other guy I was definitely wanting to talk about, cause this was some guy I was really high on before the season, even if he is a rival of Liverpool, but Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I really thought all those additions fed well into what they could do with him. And obviously that's paid off. I mean, the man already has eight goals. He's also had a hat trick, uh, 57 total points. He's only had one game with fewer than five. So it's been really nice. He's been so reliable. And it's funny watching his price just skyrocket from what it was. So like I've technically his price right now is what looks like 7.8. I'm pretty sure I got him in the low sevens. That's been great. Uh, real consistent. I am worried about Everton starting to cool off as far as production from him and James. But as far as up to this point, he's been my most consistent guy. I can't believe I'm going to say this, man. But, but I got to talk, talk about the guy who's got most points in the entire league right now. And that, that, that's Harry Kane. Uh, truly this season, living up to his number 10 uh, number playmaking and, and, and leading the charge with the assist. Didn't he have like four assists in like the second game of the season? Something along the lines of that. I think he, he, clo- he single-handedly helped close the gap between Brookie and myself. I think that at one point was at like 60 points and we're sitting at eight now. I mean, that team alone frustrates me to, to no end and, and will continue to. I, I've really enjoyed the kind of the, the role that Harry Kane has taken this season specifically, especially as they brought on, uh, you know, Gareth Bale, who can be an, inti- you know, an intimidating figure to bring in. Son has been performing, but Kane has really not only – maintained his consistency in in his goal scoring form but has really added that the, you know the assists to, to his game at least this season he's been dropping back a lot deeper and but he's uh he's been my most consistent um best player i would say the same for probably everybody else nate just put on his fucking tottenham beanie and i'm it's kind of annoyed that's all right hey, let him, you know let you don't get let trophies. him enjoy it let yeah. him have fpl <laughs> fuck it you know yeah, Whatever, if, if there's if nate can win any championship it should be having the best players in fantasy. Yeah, fine. <laughs> you can have that. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about Tottenham players. Um, I don't have Harry Kane, but I have Hung Ming Sun. Mm. Um, he's been the most consistent player in my lineup. Um, I did transfer him out for a period of two weeks when I thought he was injured, and then I forgot to reset my line. However, though, I did bring in Jack Grealish during that time frame, and that pretty much supplemented what I needed to have happen. And now I have both of them, and they're probably two of my most consistent players um, for me. There's been like two weeks where I've absolutely sunk to the floor because I don't have players. One was uh, Calvert-Lewin when he had the hat trick, and I'm, he just didn't stop. And you could just see the writing was on the wall because he's never been nearly as consistent coming in and and obviously adding Hamish and no and no adding, one predicted nobody I mean no. really adding Rodriguez and no and coupled with Richardson and just the way the team ticks he just became what he could have been 
And then the other was when Son and Kane just absolutely went off against Southampton. And I had two Southampton defenders. So not only were they, they just crushing me, but I'm just watching what's going on at every time in the second half of that match. Just Kane to Son, Kane to Son, Kane to Son. Four, four assists from Kane. And they all, I think, went to Son. Remember, uh, it was, I've never been like, I, I think. Harry Kane also scored a goal that game too. He, he did. Remember he did last year? Unbelievable. Uh, remember last year where where like it was with the top teams like Liverpool City, for example. It was either Salah or Mane was going to perform, right? It was like a, a coin flip, or even for City, for example, it was De Bruyne or Sterling, right? It's a coin flip. It's the same thing with with Tottenham this year, right? It's like who am I captaining? Like who, I got Son, I got Kane. It's really a coin flip, right? Either of these guys could just pop off this game or that that game. Yeah, Fred, Freddie said it best. They Kane and Son this year are the Italians from uh, from the the soccer movie with Will Ferrell, kicking they, and screaming, yeah. <laughs> going back and forth, yeah. scoring everything. No one could stop them. The game against that that the game Son had four goals. That was the get the ball to the Italians game. That was just get them <laughs> get, the, get, get the ball to the Italians and watch them run. That, that's what it is. Uh. Man, that wow, that is a good reference. I, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. Uh, you know, your your guy's boy Mike Ditka's in it, so you know, I can't call him my boy. But anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk. I mean, we talked about the great ones, the ones that have really helped us out. Uh, let's do the disappointments, and I'm pretty sure well, I know who Drew will start out with. Well, I I didn't have him on the list, but but now that you mentioned it, I I should talk about Shea Adams. Um, oh. <laughs> If we're, if we're going to have so Che Adams is just I was disappointed because I was probably on him when many people weren't and if you watched any of his first four matches he you couldn't miss the goals that he was missing and he was missing and, and ultimately you knew it was he gave you enough confidence every time you watched him to keep him in the roster because it's just going to happen and it just never happened I think um, I think my favorite part about that is that I transferred him in last week and he did score. Good for you. I, you know what? I'm happy for you, to be honest, because it, it felt like it's like watching one of my children grow up and become a man, and, and finally <laughs> did it. Um, you know, the the other guy. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm sure you guys have a few, but another guy I had who was really disappointing was um, I had Werner early on uh, to start, ultimately blanked the first four weeks transferred him out it's coming around now he's not a bad guy to have now but I think it's a good lesson for whether it be someone that's new to the league or coming in off of an injury watch to see get a few games under the belt watch him play you know see what they're made of before you bring him in here's the Timo Werner is interesting is he a disappointment really or or were we just overshooting our expectations on him? The dude comes from what Leipzig. It's not like he's coming from fucking Bayern Munich, all right? Like he he's coming from from Leipzig to the Premier League to a champion to to a Champions League team, to, uh, and, and I think we just expected too much. I was shocked to see like over sixty percent of the league have him well, without having scored a single Premier League goal. He's playing he well now. Take, he's playing right because he started days. taking PKs. Yep. Well, he's got four goals and an assist over his last four matches. So he's, I would argue he's definitely starting to figure that out. Two or, two yeah, or three I, PKs. Yeah, I think, it, I, I think it was more a product of just the team didn't – I mean, the team was not working together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Too many new guys. All new people put together. I, I think he played pretty well. Just no one could really get it to him. He wasn't really missing his chances. It was just they weren't working together. And 
cost a lot of money and just ultimately never returned, and I had to move off him. I agree. I, I'll go ahead and just knock Nate down a peg since now he's feeling great about Sun and Kane. But Matt Doherty, man, that was one that was a huge disappointment for me. Uh, <laughs> I was a big fan of him at Wolves, and I thought that guy could score. And literally – players in the week last week. What are you talking about? Yeah, because he had a clean sheet and assist. So if you look before, he had a 12-point game in match week eight against West Brom. Clean sheet and an assist. That's great. In the previous seven weeks before that, he had a total of 12 points. So he doubled his point total in a single week. And I don't have him anymore. I got rid of him. I held on to him longer than I should. There were two straight games where he didn't even play against United and West Ham. So overall, I I just thought he was going to be a goal-scoring machine. And, yeah, he hasn't done shit. I think that's a fair point, and maybe that would open up a further discussion about just the back line in general because I don't think that there are big point movers so far this season opposed to like last year because I'm not trying to jump the line here, but I think that we do need to discuss a little bit about Trent Alexander-Arnold as well as being a disappointment because there's just not the consistent points that you would expect from a player that you know the majority of the league took, let alone just his price point as well. Um, I do think that the dotary problem has a little bit to do with just the Tottenham locker room in general, which I think uh, there's a lot of competition over that right back role with uh, Serge Aurier really stepping up to the plate and giving Matt Dotary a run for the money and playing time. Yeah. Well, we can talk about Trent and I don't, I don't know what's going on with that man. I mean, he has one assist this year, one clean sheet, the entire back line's been suspect. Like everyone's been getting hurt, but that was, that wasn't why people were picking him. Right. It's because he could score goals and he could assist. I don't think Trent's been healthy since Chelsea mm-hmm. game last season. Like, tr- the tr- truthfully, I think. Uh, but, I, yeah, underperforming completely. My, my guy, and I couldn't be more adamant about this, uh, fuck Raul Jimenez. No, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck that guy with all, with all my heart right now. Mainly, and I'll tell you why. Game week three. This is where I'm making my big comeback. We're playing West Ham, right? Wolves playing West Ham. Pretty easy. David Mo- David Moyes is taking West Ham. Uh, he's not. He's not even. They're not good. It's third game of the season. What does Raúl Jiménez do? He is the player farthest away from his own fucking goal, and he decides to score an own goal. He's done. And for someone that's and for someone that's per, per, that that performed pretty well last season, um, was a pretty high goal scorer for his team. I really I really thought he was going to have a season. But Wolves, to be honest, Wolves in general. Is 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 a bit weird this season. Yeah, they, they they like win some game. They win some games. I don't expect them to win. They lose some games. You fully expect them to win. They're super inconsistent. Uh, so so Raúl Jiménez would be my guy that, that that I would say was probably my biggest disappointment. But um, him, it's it's probably even with with Aubameyang. You know, he would was you, a guy I camped in. I capped in one. Do you just uh, have some? I feel like you just always have some deep seated biases against mexican players like i just know you and matt do not like mexico at all yeah i mean uh that 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 feels like a bit of a loaded question here uh (laughs) i'm not i'm not i'm not any i don't have anything against any uh mexican people or the country of mexico i find it's very beautiful um i even speak their native language so the way that question was phrased made it seem a little odd but um, very good. We won't cancel you now. So th- thank God. <laughs> uh, thank God. But the uh, the uh, um, yeah no, I mean they're big U.S. Uh, they're, they're, I I don't like uh, Mexican players for they're big rivals for the U.S. Right and and you know, they've they've had some big games against Chile also who 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 I um, 
who I also follow, but more more than anything, man, the, they stole Bobby Firmino's song, man, and, and gave, put it on Raul Jimenez, and he can go for himself for that reason alone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did kind of want to do another point to what you said about like Wolves being weird this year. We're mm-hmm. eight match weeks in, and I think it's just kind of worth mentioning just how weird the league is in general <laughs> what we expected, right? I mean, we didn't even talk about having disappointment in like Kevin De Bruyne, which – I am. I had him in my lineup at one point in time and I moved him out because he wasn't doing anything and then he gets injured and then there's the pep roulette and it's just not worth the time or the investment. I was going to say another Wolves player, like Adama Traore, man. We all love the man. Like he's one of our favorite players just because of the guns, but he has a whopping 12 points so far. He, he doesn't even start. He's got to be, yeah. he's got to be on his way out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Traore, I mean, from, I'm not like a tactician, but I, I think the book's kind of out on what he tries to do, right? He's going to come up the wing. He's going to try to bully you into the box and make plays. And so I, I think there's kind of like a year two effect of people saw what he was doing. They know he's not coming in until the 60 minute mark and whatever we do, don't let him in, right? Put two guys on him. Don't let him beat you that way. And and so, you know, they, they'd probably be better off starting him at this point. Right, shake it up because he's great. I mean, he's he's a good player, and and fantasy he was a huge piece last year, and this year it's just kind of like non-existent. He, he it was him and Jimenez, right? And, and yep. they decided to start the season off with him on the bench, which I found was odd. Let's, speaking of big disappointments, uh, the massive biggest disappointment is Man City. Everybody on Man City, right? We can all agree on that. I mean, I had Sterling for a couple weeks; he produced there, but other than that. Well, if you remember the first Premier League, a fantasy Premier League episode that we did, we talked about, okay, like you're going to have your City players, Liverpool players, and that's just like, aside from like maybe Mo Salah, like you're not really even stacking Liverpool heavy right now because they're very injury prone. Couldn't have been more like off the mark as far as how this season is going. I mean, it it could be said like uh, those two teams, and this is totally anecdotal, I'd have to look, they probably are suffering most of like. a majority of the injuries this season, right? Like both of their teams are super injured. So you can't rely on anybody this season. I think with them, especially defensively, they were, they used to be like Liverpool and city players used to be, you know, foundational to your back line last season. Now you need to make sure that you have Lamptey, Kyle Walker, Peters, Mitch two or, or Mitchell, two of the three, right. That, and, you didn't know who any of those guys were last season, right? Like most people didn't. So well, Nate would at least know Walker Peters, but that's yeah, just, no, for sure, know. for sure. Yeah. But but point, you know what I mean. Yeah. To the point of Man City, though, there, I think there's two things going on. I don't think De Bruyne has looked 100, percent but but also they haven't had their number nine, right? And that has been a huge issue. They don't either of them. Yeah. Uh, Jesus just came back. Aguero's still coming back, right? And so I think when they can get in there, that that's the real full team. And so they've been trying to make it work without him. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, Nate, you're behind. you got to start thinking about differentials. And by that, I mean, who are the guys that nobody owns that could put up some huge points for you really fast? If I were you, I'd start looking at City. Maybe mm-hmm. after this Tottenham match, they're going to have a good run of matches. Um, if you can get on the, the right side of the wave and, and – take a take a flyer on one of these guys you could really get a lot of points that nobody else in the league's getting and jump up in the standings very fast the phil foden pick early on in the season i think brookie made was that was a good one i would say yeah he was young and he wasn't getting hurt so like naturally he was gonna do something (laughs) right 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 
right, well, lastly, you know, as far as just players to highlight, guys, I think it's important with all the homework that we've been doing because we probably do more of this than our actual jobs during the workday. Um, I would think that we would want to talk about guys that we think are going to, you know, have a hot stretch coming up. That may not be for the rest of the season, but at least coming up. And I think the one guy I'm going to bring up, because we've been talking about him a lot, is none other than D-I-O-G-O, Diago Jota uh, for Liverpool. The guy has been playing out of his mind. And I, I, Drew, you brought him in, correct? I brought him in. Uh, he didn't return last week, but I thought he looked very active. And he's cheap. And he's going to start, especially this week. I mean, you got the two Liverpool guys will, will tell you better. But I think one thing that's really interesting that, that's come from Liverpool from what I've seen is the defense is depleted. And, and the way Klopp has decided to attack this, pun intended, is to just go full throttle attack. He's not taking Bobby out. He's only adding uh, mm. Diego Jota, Jota. And they looked, they looked – Especially in the first half, they look really good against City. And it's that, not going to get any tougher than City. There's some, there's some truth to that. And I, I think that's something I think Klopp's always had, right? Which is was, we're just going to – we're going we're gonna to outscore you if this is going to be a shootout, right? But he's, he's done some super interesting things in the back line to, like, cover, right? With, when it's, what you, when, whether that's bringing back Fabinho or starting Reese Williams and get rushing Allison back to have some sort of leadership in the back line. Totally. And Diogo Jota is going to be like the next, I, in the, the, my opinion, at least, I think he's going to be the next $100 million signing that leaves Liverpool at some point, right? That's the Coutinho. That's the guys, the, the Manes, your Salas. I think he's the people, how much they spend on him in the 20s, maybe? 30s? Less? I want to say it was, for, you know, if I recall, it was 46, but there were a lot of stipulations in there. Yeah, it was something like that. He's going to go for at least double that, right? And he's young. He's 22. It's great signing. I think, yeah, dead on. I think he's, uh, he's uh, a, a big, a big uh, upcoming player this season. Just from a fantasy perspective, I mean, you just got, want guys that can get the ball at the goal, right? And he's doing that regardless of where he's playing at. We saw him in the Champions League playing instead of Bobby. He can play on the wings. He can play at midfield, I believe. So you're seeing him, he, like, you just kind of have to, you're forced to send him out there with yeah. how well he's playing. I used to have a coach when I, I played, he, he used to describe, like, um, you know, players in the, uh, some players as having, like, they're like a spark, it's like a spark plug in the box. They're a spark plug in the box. And that's, that's uh, what Jota is. That's, like, the best way I think I could describe him. Every single time that guy is in the box, he, there's some, something's happening, right? It's an assist. It's a goal. He's involved when Liverpool's scoring. And I don't think that's changing moving forward. I can go with my next guy. Uh, the, he actually brought him in last week, and, and, and he, he returned. It's uh, Hakim Ziyech, Ziyech, I would say. He, to, to, I, I'm bringing him in. He seems to be the playmaker right now for Chelsea. Chelsea seems to be coming into their own. Um, of the back lines more settled. The goalkeeper's keeping clean sheets. Um, it's a shame that, that Pulisic is out because I think that's the spot, right? It's Ziyech or Pulisic. Um, and and, and ZX has been playing really well. And, and I think that he's going to be the playmaker. He's going to be uh, involved around the goals and the assists um, for, for Chelsea in the coming weeks. I think Chelsea is going to be a team to watch in terms of like that position. I couldn't agree more with uh, if you haven't had, like we talked about Werner a little bit earlier. I think that he's going to start producing a lot more, even though um, 
he had that slower start to the beginning of the season as well. So yeah, I think that there's going to be a lot of momentum from Chelsea and that's kind of what I'm going to try to do. And redoing my line is try to bring on as many Chelsea like forwards and midfielders as possible. That makes sense. Well, I think another good thing about Warner, which we touched on briefly, at least Freddie did earlier is that, you know, Jorginho is kind of out of the lineup now and Warner's now taking the PKs. And that's one thing we don't talk enough about when we've done this twice now is just how valuable those PK scores are. I mean, that's why Mo's been so consistent, right? Like, he's the guy taking penalties. So you want to try and find those guys, especially if they're getting other returns outside of penalties. Like, those are the guys you want in your lineup. You couldn't be more right with just paying attention to the penalties, um, especially with the way that the game is growing with VAR and just making sure that every little pristine movement is crystal clear in, in terms of the rules and I just think that we have a lot more stoppage of plays and more penalty kicks than what we're used to so that's going to be very important because there's there's almost a penalty kick almost every other match that you're watching on the weekends these days I'll shout out a couple guys I think you guys have touched on a couple of the big ones they're they're about the same price range they're both doing very well kind of surprisingly not we're only a quarter of the way in the season. I don't know if it holds up, but you mentioned earlier the Sun replacement, but Jack Grealish at Villa is he's putting in points for FPL that matches what you always see when you watch him. He's he's, he's one of these guys that's just brilliant to watch, and and now it's actually returning into you know goals, assists. Um, so he's he's doing great for Villa. Um, and and they have a really nice run of fixtures here for the next four weeks. So if you're thinking about bringing in some uh, a replacement that's in the, the seven million dollar range for midfield, uh, you have to start looking at him. Another guy that's been a huge surprise and has put in a lot of returns that I'm going to think about coming into this week, who also has a nice run of fi- fixtures, is uh, Wilfred Zaha. Right. So Zaha, I would tell you, coming in this year. Uh, or last year was was one of the most inconsistent players who would just drive you nuts. He's got five goals and two assists already. Um, you know, he, he may not be on pens now that uh, PVA is back for them. It's kind of yet to be seen uh, how that goes, but he's been very active. I think they've changed uh, their formation to get him more involved this year too, I think I read. So um, he's another guy that's really putting in nice returns and also has a really good run of fixtures. So especially for these next four or five game weeks, I would consider both those guys. Crystal Palace has been getting results too this season, man. They've been, they've been kind of interesting to, to, to watch. And it's funny, their playing style hasn't changed. It's not like they've done anything. I mean, you mentioned that they maybe got Zaha a little bit more involved, but it's not like that team is anything super different than when it was before. I feel like, I feel like they made a pick, couple of transfers, I think, but I think that was Eze, the kid. Um, He's nice. I like him. Oh, my gosh. He scored a free kick uh, a couple weeks ago that just blew my mind. I mean, yeah. that kid could uh, be real special with them. We'll see. It's Crystal Palace. I don't, I don't feel like that uh, could be a team that yeah. could just fall apart. I'd watch for, for Jack Grealish, man. That's Man United's future number seven right there. <laughs> That, that, that and that that'll change that team for sure. Jack Grealish has been awesome this season. Even Villa in general have been awesome this season. I uh, I do feel high on Shea Adams. I know that was a disappointment for Drew, but with Ings out for like what a month, uh, I think he can get some results at least short term. Maybe not too long into the future, but I think he'll get a lot of shots on goal. Well, one team that I think that we haven't given enough love. I know we mentioned it maybe like once or twice, but is that Southampton squad? 
Um, I would have told coming into this week until there is an injury, I would have said that James Ward Prowse was my bargain player to watch because he was recently, you know, he in the, in the past two match weeks, he has three goals, uh, a couple of assists. And I was really thinking, you know, this is somebody that I can get on, on the cheap and just you know, hopefully ride him out. But now he's injured with a 75% chance of playing. So I'm probably going to see, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with him, but I couldn't agree more with Jack Grealish. Um, I'm going to keep him around for a while. Hopefully um, he continues to uh, produce some numbers there as well. We got to talk about Leeds, right? We can't get through this whole mm-hmm. thing not, and not talk about Leeds United, right? That, that, that team is maybe the most fun team to watch this season. Well, you, Freddie, just take the stand and just, you know, just talk about Bamford. What makes that guy so good? He has a nose for goal, man. Like he, he wakes up and he smells the, he can smell the goal at <laughs> Ellen, at Ellen Road and he just starts walking there until he can put the ball in the net. The funny, the funny thing is, is that he wasn't like, he's been in the Premier League before. Right, he has that experience, but he hasn't produced. Right, people were saying he maybe wasn't going to produce in in the championship, but Bielsa trusted him. Right, Bielsa brought him in, and one of the biggest things Bielsa did was obviously get promoted by Rodri, and then go, "No, nah, I'm sticking with this guy." Right, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Pat Bamford has ever had someone kind of give him that type of confidence, and you can see him playing with it. Right, he. He, he's not like anything super, super special in, 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 in the way he plays. He's not Ronaldo, right? He's not Messi, but he gets in and around the goal and he makes things happen. He's a bit of the engine up front for that team. So could he, um, I, go ahead. Could he become like a poor man's Vardy? Could he be this guy that brings yeah, this unknown team? Yeah, you're looking at a Vardy. You're looking at like a Peter Crouch type guy, right? Like, like that. That's probably that's probably what, he's not winning the Golden Boot, but I mean, I, I think he's a poor man. He's definitely a poor man, Jamie Jamie Vardy, who yeah. right now Jamie Vardy is licking his lips for Liverpool, right? <laughs> I mean, I think the I think the difference with the between Vardy and and Bamford is like Vardy just needs the service, and he he's looking to almost get behind the defense and and create it that way. Mm-hmm. Bamford's just the center of the yeah. center of attack for the most attack-minded team in the Premier League. It's Without like, it, you, know, you know, when you play video games and you can toggle like the strategy and it's, and you're behind and you do all out attack, mm-hmm. that's all they do. They get the ball and they put nine guys in the box. Mm-hmm. They, they just go every time and Bamford's in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And, and he hasn't been the best finisher per se, but he's had more chances than anybody. And if you just give him the chances, he's going to put up big points, and that's what he's done. It's incredible. Uh, you know, it helps that his coach is just uh, on his haunches for 90 minutes just yelling at him in Spanish the whole time, too. I mean, that that doesn't motivate you to put some balls in the net, man. Nothing will. <laughs> Anyone else, you, Freddie, because I know you brought up Leeds, Anyone else you think would be a decent FPL option? You know, for, for, for Leeds, uh, click in the midfield. He takes the pens. He takes the kicks, and he's also their playmaker, right? So, I think Dal- like a lot of people have Dallas. I think he's a, he's a good pick, right? But but ultimately, I think he's listed as a defender, maybe. Um, uh, but yeah, and, and so I, I don't know if I'd bank on him. But if you're looking, if you're Click and and Bamford would be my leads guys. Bamford, I think is is a must have. If you're trying to start three forwards, you you should have. Like I'm working with Calvert Lewin, Kane, and Bamford. You you should have maybe one, if not two, of those guys if you don't already. 
Well, why don't we go ahead and wrap it up by you just thanking everyone that's been playing with us. Seeing like a hundred man league in this podcast has been really awesome. Getting to stack up not only Freddie, Drew, myself, and Nate, but you know, Bundesliga Borelli, some of our friends that join the league, or just some of the listeners. Like it's been really cool to see this. So keep setting those lineups. Let's keep competing. And again, uh, we're planning on giving some kind of prize to the first place winner. So make sure you guys are sticking with it. Yeah, right now we have Benjamin Poor still at that top spot with 519 points. Still long season left. So keep being strategic because you can still fight for it. All right. Well, thanks, Freddie and Drew, for coming on. And we'll leave you guys the same way we leave every episode that there is no room for racism.